0: Welcome to the Love Lead XL podcast. I'm Kristen Wilson, founder of Our DJ Rocks, the female founded and operated DJ multi-app. Life is all about being in fearless pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. So I'm taking out the filter and we're going all in to talk about what it really takes into building and running a successful business being the leader of a kick-ass team and having a constant curiosity and craving for pushing the sales, marketing and branding envelope all while living out my mission, love, lead, Excel. Welcome back, you guys. Today's topic is all about values. In this year of business, we were growing so fast, I almost couldn't keep up. The questions kept coming. Who are we? Where do we wanna go next? How are we gonna get there? So it was important to find the core values so that we could blaze a trail and we had a clear direction. Joining me today is the esteemed Shannon Tarrant. What she doesn't know is I'm her biggest fan and there have been many times she has pushed me and others in the industry beyond what we thought we could even be because of her ability to coach, teach, and see the best in people. Shannon truly has a gift. She is highly regarded as a coach and a facilitator working alongside vendors of every category while running her own wedding business, Wedding Venue Map, a Central Florida resource helping couples and planners to find the perfect venue. Shannon tells it like it is, whether you are ready for it or not. So let's jump into this episode, guys. Are you ready for it? Shannon, thank you so much for
1: joining me today. Thank you, Kristen. I'm very excited to be a part of the podcast we've been talking about for a very long time. How long? I mean, we attended a podcast conference together about two plus years ago. So big things happening. I'm pretty sure that. At least a
0: podcast microphone has been on my vision board for minimum four years. Nice, nice. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But like like, let's rewind to the very beginning. So, can we talk about the little story um, of how you used to? I don't know if it was introduce me, but like when you were talking to brides on the phone and you'd refer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, when um, you know, there's so many great DJs in Central Florida and I was new here as a caterer, you know, working for an offsite caterer and you went, one of the companies we loved working with and we would call and you know you always want to request your favorites and it sounds terrible to say because I couldn't remember your name ever. So I used to always call that DJ company and say, hey, can you send the chick DJ? (laughs) I never really asked for you. And I mean, I worked the events with you. I just, I I just come the worst with names. So I used to always call and ask for the chick DJ because it was a really, at the time, it was such a unique thing in our market. There weren't the very few females, um, who were DJs. And so, yeah, I used to always call and ask for the chick DJ. I mean, it's fine. I didn't
0: even know who you were. So
1: it <laughs> <laughs> didn't matter. Look at us, look at us now from way back when.
0: Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I feel like, you know, and you have, you're, you're such a trailblazer in your own little world. And, you know, you speak at conferences like Wedding MBA and Cater Source. And so, Um, I want to try to ask you questions that you don't get asked all the time so that people can get to know a little bit more about you. So here we go. I'm ready. What what is your go-to dance floor song? Like you hear the first, and don't give me the basic answer. I don't want the first, maybe give me three because I know the first two you're probably going to tell me.
1: Oh, God. That's really hard. I like have to look at Spotify playlist. Then if I can't just go, listen, my go-to is always going to be journey, don't stop believing. I don't want I don't, that answer. I know. I know it's my basic white girl answer to all things, but it just, it really is. Every time I hear it, it gets me so excited. Um, and I just want to run to a dance floor. I also, mm, secret club girl in my 20s. I really love dirty by Christina Aguilera. <laughs> That might be one that most people wouldn't expect, but that song just, I don't know. I freaking love dirty. It just, it makes me want to run on a treadmill. Not that I ever do that. So wait I didn't ask you what your go-to workout song was. I, I asked know, what but it's just like, it really, I, well, I can't appropriately dance to that song anymore. Once nope. you you're 40, I'm not sure you should get down like you did in your twenties. You don't get up so good. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, Listen. those are, those are my two. I'm giving you dirty by Christina Aguilera and. Don't stop believing.
0: All right. Ready for this next question. I need you to get into your feelings for this next one. What is is your favorite memory of us together or of our DJ rocks?
1: Mm, That's a really, we've had a lot of good moments together. Um, I might have more than one. I, you know, it's not really a specific memory as much as when I kind of developed my career from catering into venue I went from a place where I felt like I had a really big team around me all the time to talk to. And when I moved to the venue, the wedding team was kind of like a lone wolf. Like I was out on an island all by myself. And, you know, we had a sales team, but they didn't always take weddings very seriously. And my boss was an amazing mentor and support system, but not for that like everyday. uh. And I just, I remember how many times you and I at the time when you were kind of a Lone Island at the same moment, I remember how many times a day sometimes we talked that like, but it was just like, I don't know how to answer this, or I'm frustrated with this. And, you know, oh my God, this couple just said this. And like, I think it was having that, you know, accountability person and that support system. And so I think that of all the times and moments and epic disasters of things, we won't talk about your bachelorette party. Um, but mm, Or the all, pistachios on the hotel room floor. Or the pistachios after a venue opening. Yep. Yep. Any of those. But like, I think that that's probably the memories of like the moments that I felt like I really, we were really able to support each other the most because we were both out on the island.
0: Yeah. I kind of attribute that to community. I feel like community and having a crew and people you can count on is so important in every way, shape and form.
1: Yeah, because sometimes even when you have a team, especially if they're underneath you, right, especially if they report to you or you report to them, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're somebody who works for someone else, it's so important to find that little group of, You know, I think that everybody coming up in the wedding industry, whether you're brand new and you're older and more, you know, more advanced in your career, or if I think everybody should have that go to crew of people that they have as a support system. And I think you and I were very blessed to find that very early in each other.
0: Yeah. And I think too, like it doesn't even have to be someone in your local market. So, you know, if you've got, you know, uh, a neighboring market where, you know, you're networking and you find someone that's in your similar field or in your field, um, you know, just finding those people you can lean on and send a text to, I I think is extremely important. Um, and, And you really have gone from um, you know, building and selling weddings for the catering company to, you know, building a wedding department at, um, I want to say a massive resort, but at the end of the day, it was family owned. So you still had kind of that like culture, but then like structure, but like no structure to, you know, running and rebuilding a a spa and a golf company and, you know, now wedding venue map. So you really have a knack for, kind of, I want to almost say like taking messes and make it, making it not a mess or like building something out of absolutely nothing. And I think that there's a core theme in all of that. And so what do you feel like that is? And then I will ask you, what is it that you love most about what you do and have been doing?
1: Yeah. I I wouldn't say I can really kind of put it into words that might come out of me as we talk into like one word, but I feel like I really love the challenge. Like I love to be challenged. I like to take something that you see the most incredible potential of what it could be. And, you know, take this like accidental system that I realized is replicatable and I could do it everywhere, but I really like to take it and create it. And, you know, fix the things in a way that makes it sustainable, that it's not just, we put a bandaid on the problem and we move on. We dig in deep to create something that's unique and different and has its very own, but it is, you know, it's the challenge of digging in deep into something that not everybody really wants to go that deep because it gets a little ugly and muddy for a little bit. And, but you gotta, you come out on the other side with the win.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've always been so, so good at that. Sometimes I'm like, gosh, Shannon, like you're digging a little, I am really uncomfortable. Like I almost want to punch you sometimes when I've hired you for coaching sessions. And I mean, honestly, there's been times where I've had to do it for my team because I just can't dig in enough. And it's not about, you know, me telling them for the hundredth time how to do it. Sometimes you need a different perspective,
1: right? Yeah. I think that's it. Right. It's a fresh set of eyes that like, Going into the venue that I worked at, I mean, it was, I I didn't create it. It was beautiful. The landscaping was amazing. The spaces were, were really, you know, unique and different, but it was just a fresh set of eyes that they didn't know what they already had and how to market it and position it in a unique way. So sometimes it's just being able to look at, What someone else is doing or even what we're doing and constantly up leveling it to how do we make it better? How do we increase it? You know, what are the ways we can do to continue to improve it?
0: Yeah, it does take that fresh perspective sometimes, even if you're kind of in a groove and you've been doing things the same way, even just having someone else take a look at your operation or the way you're doing things or like shadow you for a day and be like, you know, that you could do this more efficiently. And if you did this more efficiently, it'll give you more time to work on X. So I think that's really important to always have. um you know, or just occasionally bring somebody in and do that, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, don't you think as a leader, sometimes one of the things that we forget to do is to look to our own team because when you've got people who are in it with you every day, it's really hard to stop and listen to that. I mean, I'm not going to, my intern was here today. Our social media intern was here today and she was bopping crazy awesome ideas and saying, well, what if we change it like this and did it like this and whatever? And just giving your people as a leader space and the room to create, innovate, and really like tell you what's broken and suggestions on how to fix it. It's hard to hear sometimes when you're like, what do you mean that doesn't work? We've been doing it like this forever. It's been great. I don't understand why it's a problem, but I think as a leader, it's so important to give anyone on your team or even the other vendors that you work with. If you're in the wedding and event industry, give them the room to give you the feedback.
0: Yeah, I can. Yes, for sure. And, you know, things that are kind of popping in my head right now, can we take our listeners back to the time when I planned my first team retreat? Obviously, speaking of team. And, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, if you didn't watch the video, you didn't just see my face, but yeah. it's, um, it's a good eye roll. So, you know, hindsight's
0: 2020 and you and I talk about this a lot and that, you know, especially in our earlier years, we had polar opposite leadership styles and, still, do. still yeah, do. Mean, but at the same time, both you work. know, I learn a lot from you and how to, you know, kind of, ease back, you know, take, you know, like, okay, we're just going to have to jump in and tell you guys the story so that you understand what I'm trying to say. Cause I'm beating around the bush right now. And I just want to get to it. So I planned a team retreat at the resort that Shannon managed the wedding department at. Mm-hmm. And it was all the things every day. I bought matching pink hats with rhinestones on them. We had matching T-shirts. You should see her face right now. I had pens. I had notebooks like it was like cute. Like, how would you describe it before?
1: before how would you like? It was like a 2021 bachelorette party as a team retreat, matching hats, matching cups, the notebooks, the sparkly and all sparkles because that's the brand, right? The brand is all, yes. the circles all the time. And, and so, I was so excited because in my mind, I'm
0: like, yes, we need matching hats. Like we're a team, we're a tribe. And I don't know what you said to me when you arrived, but you I think you said those hats are stupid. I literally. Literally, that, that I,
1: is exactly. But wait, when you post this episode, I'm going to need you to pull a picture of the hat. Because I'm going to need people to understand that. So I dang, I should have went and got the hat right now. I still have it. I know you showed me the hat and I was like, well, that's stupid and a waste of money. And the look of the flate on your face, like it hurt my heart that I was too blunt. I was so I was I wasn't pissed. I was like devastated that you would even say that to me. But that's like a great example, right, of like two different styles of people, right? The type of people and personalities that you recruit and the brand and the hiring to match the brand and that like hiring like the exact like persona almost that fits into you. I, I'm not your ideal employee. So sparkly matching t-shirts and like sparkly hats and things to me is like, Oh my God. Oh, come on. Don't tell me
0: for one second that if I don't with your face right now, don't tell me for one second that if I got you a cute little hat or something or some sort of RDJ rock swag that you wouldn't rock it right now. Maybe not a pink hat with rhinestones.
1: (laughs) Chances of anything. Right. I'm not saying I would never like use swag. I'm just saying that. So no, probably I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't like it would just like it would have to. But again, you've kind of selected and curated the the people that are in like fit into that culture. The culture that you've curated there is the things that those things now, but I have learned from you. Like when we hire new people, we start with a swag basket. It may be glitter. It's Thank maybe you. Got more, we've got more like cups with our logo on it. Okay. Like that. It's a little, it's maybe a little more functional, a little less sparkle, but there's nothing wrong with that. But that's who I curate for our brand. Well, and I
0: think that this is where you and I learn from each other because it's not, you know, for you and your brands, it it isn't about the sparkle and the things like that. It's about the functional, but you, and so you've kind of integrated that into what you do. And at the same time, I'm like, okay, maybe we, we all don't, it doesn't need to be all the time sparkle. And, and, you know, if you guys see me out and about now, I have, don't wear my sparkly shoes all the time. And I think that's okay. Um,
1: Well, I think the brand has evolved also, right? Like who you were at that first team retreat, we didn't do anything without sparkle and glitter and everything 24 seven. And the longer your company's in or that you develop in your career, there's definitely an evolution of who we are and how we present ourselves and what that looks like. And, you know, you've evolved into a much more, the brand is evolved into much more refined style. And then, you know, all of those things have to evolve along
0: with it. I agree. And I think too, there was a point where the brand was just me. And as I scaled up and I brought on more DJs and things like that, it had to evolve. And even more so now, because we're wanting, we're wanting to be even more diverse um, and more inclusive than we ever have ever have been. And we want to continue to kind of move that. Um, So, you know, speaking of values and, you know, culture, what And, and, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to, and, and your opinion means the most to me and my listeners, because you coach many different businesses, whether it's in the DJ field outside of the DJ field. So you get a firsthand look really behind the curtain into so many businesses in the events and wedding industry. So what, what do you believe? How should I ask this? So when it comes to core values and when it comes to culture, why do you believe that it's so important for there to be some sort of standard in a company when it comes to those two things?
1: Ooh, that's a really good question. And if you can I, if you can can. Uh, can you answer that? Cuz I, I got Okay, it. all right, go. No, I think that like okay, as oh, hmm. when you go into my background it's interesting that I like many business owners in the wedding and event industry potentially started my career working for someone else. And so by having developed, I mean, two-thirds of my career at this point in the industry was working for someone else before starting my own business. So I think that I was really blessed to work for great companies that I had the ability to learn a ton from, but one of which there really was not a core culture at all. We really just kind of like everybody worked, but there wasn't that like, unification that comes from having that core set of beliefs and then, you know, evolving into the next company where I can literally state the sentence, hug them, love them, kiss them, squeeze them, thank them and invite them back. Like I know exactly what the company motto was at the resort of how we wanted our guests to feel, how we wanted to treat them. And so I think that like when you When a company has that defined, and it's so hard to do when you first start, Yeah. because I think people try to do it on like year one, I'm going to define my core values. And it's like, especially if you're an army of one to start, like, uh, like who knows, who knows? So I think that it takes a little time to evolve that. But when you start having more than one employee and, you know, more than just yourself, And you really need that list of, you know, values and beliefs and mottos as a unification with the team to say, where are we going? What do we believe in? Like, what are the the decisions we make? Should we participate in that event? Well, you know, one of our core values is inclusivity. And that event doesn't really feel very inclusive. You know, maybe we shouldn't be a part of it. So I think it creates, creates like a roadmap of where... We should take the company and and the ability to be able to make decisions around, you know, around those values that we agree upon that we represent.
0: You nail it, and you 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 really nailed it. And I think what's most important out of what you said and the biggest takeaway is that you don't have to define that in year one. I do believe that when you get to the point where you have multiple people on your team, it is a very good idea to have that because again, you you need marching orders, um, you need guidelines, you need direction for your team. Um, at the end of the day. Anybody who has a team, the team needs a leader. And so, you know, being a great leader, I think starts with having some sort of direction and trust from the girl who like has not been a leader and has failed multiple times. So let me ask you this. Have you, what are you giving me
1: that face for? I mean, I, listen, I won't say that you, there hasn't felt like failure from the outside looking in. Like I can understand why you say that, but I think that, at any given moment, with people, whether they're staff or other people in the industry that look up to you, I think at any given moment, you you we always are leaders, and there may be moments where we don't make the best decisions, or but I I wouldn't say you've like led people down the wrong path. I think it's <laughs> I just hope not. I mean, but I think it's just at the end of the day, you know what maybe their goals were and what you were hoping for them doesn't always line up. And from that places, you know, people's lives change and things like that. But when you have those core values and you it it does really be able to give them the vision of the company, not just you as a person and as an owner, but it gives them a vision of the company I mean, from recruiting, do I want to work for this kind of company? Do they have the same values that, and especially hiring the next generation coming, this is way more important than it's ever been in the past? Uh,
0: Without... A doubt. Do we want to save that for another episode? Yes. Um, noted. Uh, but I definitely want to dive deep into that because I think, you know, we we as an industry have been talking about that for a couple of years now, especially when um what was it? We went from millennials to like Gen Z or something.
1: Yeah, and now, now- there's no more. I remember I did a presentation like, oh no, you're millennials. And I'm like, oh, just kidding. Let's redo that one again. Yeah. Gen Z's next. And I think, you know, now
0: we're moving to the point where. You know, we need to, as business owners, look at it and say, "How do we hire? How do we hire and retain really great humans um, who want to make a difference in the world?" And that's where I'll leave it right now. Agreed. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about slang in business and life. Um, Obviously talking about loving what we do, leading by example, and like all the things. One of my favorite things that you always say, and like, I don't care what anyone says, even if it came from someone else, Shannon Tarrant coined this phrase, just move the needle, just move the needle. How do we move the needle? Right. Um, So for those who are maybe, just starting their business or you're 10 years in like RDJ rocks. Let's talk about how do we move the needle? Where do I even start? What if I'm lost? What if I'm just beginning? What if I'm like confused on what I want to do in life?
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, you've got to start with a clear plan and the plan is your goals. And so we we all feel like all, I mean, another amazing podcast to listen to, but all the podcasts we listen to and webinars we can watch and education we can do and and conferences we can go to, you leave so overwhelmed with so much information of what am I, you know, I'm supposed to be doing all the things all the time. And you really can't do all the things all the time. I mean, I am in an amazing relationship and I have two great adult stepkids that don't require a lot of time or pull from me. So I maybe have more hours than the average person as a mild workaholic, but even I can't do all the things all the time. I have a team behind me. I have a support system. I don't do it all myself. So I think that the most important thing is to define the goals, is to say these are the three things I'm working towards this year. And, you know, these are the three things I want to achieve. You can dig deeper on them and make a bigger list if you want, but start with what are the three things I'm trying to do. And then every time something pops up that you feel like you should be doing it, looking at that list, mine's up on the wall right here. You look up at that list and you say, is what that behavior is going to help me achieve those three things. And if not, it goes onto the someday list and I move it. And so you just got to get started. You got to figure out what are the goals and then figure out the roadmap for those goals for you to achieve them. And that's where you start.
0: So like goals and then like habits daily that help me get closer to that goal
1: hmm Yeah. Daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever. Like I do daily goals, weekly, not goals, but daily habits, weekly habits, monthly habits. And then I review the goals every quarter to be like, did I, cause sometimes if it's a yearly goal, goal number three, maybe I didn't move the needle. I didn't yeah. move the needle at all this quarter on that one. But at the end of the quarter, I look at them and I'm like, oh yeah, we got to get moving on that one. We got to do that still. So, but you 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 have to just get started and move the needle. I mean, I always look at it like spinning plates, right? As uh, someone in the event industry and in wedding industry, you're spinning a lot of plates, right? You've got leads, you got to work to get in. You got to market to get the leads. Then you got to spin the plate and work the leads. Then you got to close the lead and then oh crap. You still got to operate the lead and then the events actually happen. So all the plates have to spin, all the same at the same time, and so you've got to just do a little thing to make it spin. If that helps, like yes. you just have to be like, okay, I got to spin to make sure the marketing keeps happening. You can't spend all the time doing that, though. You got to do all. The- <laughs> yeah, got to do all the things. Yeah.
0: No, we do. And I I think, you know, there are, in some conversations, I think what might be helpful is, you know, maybe are there certain tools or software or apps that could maybe help keep someone accountable? Like, for example you know, for me, I start with my KPIs, right? And I do KPIs for the year and I break them down into each quarter. And KPIs then,
1: stand for key performance indicators in case you didn't know.
0: Oh, yes. That's a big thing for Kristen, KPIs, um, key performance indicators. And so it's 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 the big chunks of things that I want to accomplish. And then I'll use things like, you know, even notepad you know, on my phone or my computer to kind of write down the daily things, or I really love the Trello app. What are some of the tools um, that you're using to kind of help you take bite-sized pieces out of those big giant goals?
1: Yeah, we use um as my team has grown, we found that Asana works really well for us. It's similar to Trello, just looks a little different. It's a project management software um, that we because. I am the queen of the checklist on a sheet of paper on my desk. And then I just moved and I found like 40 of them where like 80% of it was checked and other items weren't checked. And I'm like this, the, the, when I moved, I'm like the checklist dies today. Like everything from now on when my team talks and it's actionable items we have to do. But what I found is whether you do paper or you use a tool online Um, you know, or you have an app for it. I think the most important thing is to finish every single day with what three things do I have to do tomorrow? Looking at the list of the big list. I mean, my Asana checklists are like, oh, you know, there's a list with a list with sub lists under tasks. But it's looking at what are the three things I have to do tomorrow, no matter how many appointments I have, or podcast episodes, or whatever. If I have something that's like an under deadline, or I've promised it to someone, I make sure I finish every day with my very clear, there's more than three on the list, but these are the three must do. And that I feel like really helps me focus to start the next day, to know what those three things are for the next day.
0: You're definitely a hustler. And you mentioned like workaholic. And I think that um, you and I are very similar in that is that we get really excited in what we do and we we love it. Like I I could literally do what I do 24 seven. So I think for for our personality styles, it's easy to keep going and going and going. But like, when do we take a breath and how do we do that? Because I think sometimes it's easy for us to stop breathing. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, do you think that like, so people use the words work-life balance and I never liked it because I don't think it exists if you're an entrepreneur and you own your own or you're full on hustler. Because even when I worked for someone else, I was full on hustler. Yes. I was an entrepreneur. So I think if you have... That personality or even not with that personality in our industry can just get a little overwhelming. I believe in work-life integration. So that means that there are times that we're driving down to visit my mom and stepdad, and it's a two-hour drive and My boyfriend will drive and he runs the radio and he's in charge of all the things and I'm pumping out a blog post in the passenger seat so that two hours isn't, you know, I, it has to get done so I can, or I can do Instagram engagement that I'm like flipping and tech, you know, and whatever. And I'm doing those things that I can do. So I just feel like, you know, we find the time to do the things around the things. I don't say no to having lunch with a girlfriend or someone that I haven't seen in a long time if they reach out. But I do realize that means if I took that three-hour break in the middle of the day to drive and have lunch and ch- catch up and chit-chat, it means that I may have to do some stuff tonight, even if it's like scheduling social media while I'm drinking wine and watching Real Housewives. But I think that like... I. I have just found a way to not think ever in my head that my job is nine to five. It is not that. And so then, how do I make it all fit? So, color coding, do you color code your calendar? Yes, I do. I think that whether you so pretty, <laughs> it's pretty, so but pretty. helpful. Yes, it's pretty, but helpful because I think that like when I've sat down with a few coaching clients and they get that feeling of overwhelmed because it's like, but when am I supposed to take time for me? And those of you who do know me know that I'm literally the worst at the take time for me more than anyone else that I know of. I'm I'm probably the worst. But what I found is, you know, I pick the color red on my calendar for me things, whether they're family things or doctor, because the red is like I can look quick and be like, oh, God, there's nothing red for the whole week it's such a like glaring color in the calendar that it's like funny, even if it's, it's date night with my boyfriend or I'm going, I booked a massage, or even if it's a doctor's appointment, it's not always fun. Like I booked fun time, but it's anything for me gets like a big red block on the calendar. And so it lets me look like I looked at next week and was like, Oh, look at all those things. And there's nothing for me in the whole calendar. That's crazy. Okay. So my, well,
0: I have two different calendars. I have our, um, DJ event planner software, which is how I manage everything to do RDJ rocks. And then I have my Google calendar. So RDJ DJ rocks is a separate one, but like everything in there is hot pink. Cause it's like, there's so much going on that like, I just needed to jump out at me. Like Kristen, this is what you have to do today. But my self-care stuff is always blue. Cause blue is calming to me. It's not even like a color that's like, quote unquote on brand, I would never use blue in my entire world. But just when I open my Google calendar and I see blue, I'm like, Oh, okay. That's when I can breathe a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just you've got to find whatever works for you. But that I think color coding the whole calendar like mine are sales behaviors, marketing behaviors, networking events, even education. I put in in a different color. Like if I signed up for a webinar or something like that, I just try to be able to look quick in my calendar to be able to look at the next week and see, oh God, I didn't block any time for sales behaviors or I didn't block. So I think that that's a really good visual way to be able to manage a little bit of the all the things and make time for that balance. Agreed.
0: So, in all the years that we have worked together in many different facets, whether it was on event day or, you know, you you've coached us, you've coached my team, we've planned events together. I mean, it's kind of endless. What do you feel like you've been able to take away the most from being able to see behind the curtains? or working with me or RDJ Rocks or the team over the years?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think that... I think that it's always been so interesting to me how many, with all of the different staff through the years and all the positions, whether it was the person answering phones or welcoming in the office or DJs on the team or photo booth attendants or whatever, I think it's always interesting to see how quickly your team lines up behind you and they go like all in on the brand that they the buy-in is really they believe in the brand whether it's because they started by believing in you and what you've built and what you've created so I you know in all of the I've never seen a company a multi-op multi-company that they like exude the company so much, meaning that like, you know, you've got the planner and they've got four other planners and it's not like you walk up and you just feel the company. A lot of times it's like, oh, from the owner you get that, but you don't always get it from the other staff and the other people. And I think that like, I mean all the way down to like truck and photo booth delivery driver. Shout out, Shadow, if you're listening. Love you, Shadow. Love you, Shadow. But like shows up with a smile, with joy, gives me big old bear hugs, is so excited to see me at a wedding show. Like, I think just the team represents the brand better than any other company that I've seen. I mean, and a lot, and it makes, it sets goals for me to make sure that I figure out how to build that within my own team. Cause that is not my strength. That's interesting.
0: And I'm, I'm, I really want to ask, why do you think that that is? Cause I don't even know. I mean, I could probably take a stab at why that might be, but like.
1: I think you mastered the art of the onboarding, even it's it's cause it was stupid sparkly hats way back when. <laughs> Yes, the damn sparkly hats will never go away. But I think, I think the I think from the very beginning, your onboarding from day one, the training that staff has to go. People just don't do that anymore as somebody who has worked at multiple companies and realized that like you start, especially in hospitality, and they throw you in. And you're like, okay, watch this video or two. Go represent the brand and go do, and it's like, okay. Or they come in already experienced. And so I think that as small business owners or or companies, I think something that you have done is always put them through their paces of training and learning and shadowing and showing up and seeing and what the setting expectations with. I think you have always done that from the start, not waited until the SHIT has hit the fan and then been like, Oh God, we got to go back. It's
0: interesting you say that because what I will tell you from my perspective is I feel like I've always done crappy at that. However, I think that once I sat down and I, I got, you know, mission, vision and core values, it gave me kind of the checklist of what I needed to do from, you know, an, uh, I don't know, a leadership standpoint to be able to teach that to them because it's not up to it's not up to them. It's not up to our employees to come into a company and just know how to do things. There's a lot of times where like you know, even if there are failure points, you've got to take a step back um, you know, and think what could I have done differently? How could I have taught that differently? could oh, i yeah. have could I have written that down? Did I need to hire a coach? Am I not the right one to say that? Could someone else maybe teach it a little bit differently? So maybe it's just that I've been kind of cognizant of you know, knowing that part. I I mean, I don't know, maybe.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I think there is always that self-evaluation that you have to look, I mean, I have a relatively new team member and, you know, she started the week before we threw a huge industry event for 200 people on the back of me having to be gone for five days of speaking at TSC Cater Source. And then we had a venue conference we hosted right behind. And like, she started in the middle of all of that. So the pace has been going and we sat down before I left for the conference and I was like, this isn't working because I failed you. I didn't block the time for training you properly that I should have. I assumed you knew how to do things that clearly you don't know how to do. I didn't make the training videos I should have for certain things. I just showed you quick and then let you fly. Like, I think as leaders, we have to look at, if we want the people to, on the other side, find the same success and represent us well and be able to be successful at their job, we have to start that by, and I think that yes, you defined it by sitting down and doing your core values and things, your mission and stuff. But I think that in the back of our minds, we were living that before anyways. It's just yeah. a little bit more specific when you start to actually write it all down.
0: Yeah. What do you think that... um what do you think that we need as leaders to be successful leaders when it comes to core values? I think you need outside
1: oversight. Ooh. I, I think okay. That all I think that the very, I, I am very selective about who in the companies I coach, but the ones that I coach that we do like long-term, like it's every month, a few hours a month and I'm there, you know, and I can be in it. I think it's When a business owner or a leader has oversight from the outside, a coach, a consultant, a mentor doesn't have to be somebody you pay. But I think when you have that oversight from the outside of somebody who can look at it with no emotion and just tell you what to do. I mean, I had a mentor that I was like, I don't understand. I keep hiring people and I'm still drowning. And he's like, oh, because you're hiring the wrong people. Like you're hiring you need this position instead of that position. And like, he just looked at it and was like, oh, do this. And it fixed all my problems. So I think outside oversight, if you don't have a mentor, an accountability partner that you legit can like hear what they say, and they can be honest with you. I think that is the number one thing that as leaders, every leader should have that.
0: Hmm. I love that Uh, there was something and I, I wrote it on my board over there, which is why I was looking off to the side and I forget where I pulled this from, but it said, um, winning leaders do three things. Number one, inform, number two, instruct, and number three, inspire. And I was like, Ooh, boom, inform, instruct, and inspire. And I also think if I would add to that, in addition to those three things and, you know, making sure that like outside insight, what did you call that? Outside insight, right? Yeah. Okay. Outside insight. I think that as leaders, we constantly fill the cups of all of our teams. I think that we need to make sure that we have a place that we go to fill our cup because you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup.
1: Nope. And so let's give action, right? We're all about the actionable nuggets when we do any of anything like this. So actionably you can start with an accountability partner. Yep. You can start with just, that's what you and I were when we were, you know, I was at the venue and you were just getting started single op. And it was like, how many calls did you do? How many follows did you do today? Like we started, you can start with an accountability partner. You can go find a mentor in your category, in a different category. Two of my mentors, are not one of them owns a language translation company. It has nothing to do with, but he's got a multi-million-dollar national business. So I think you can, you know, find a mentor and somebody to help you along the way. And I think if it's in a specific area, it's good to go find a coach and hire a coach, whether it's, you just want to get really good at one area of your business, or you need that like outside, you know, that like, that board of directors, you know, you build yourself that little board of directors. I have a financial board of director. I have, you know, a marketing board of director. I have a growth board of director and all of those people help me in different ways. So I think you've got to have that to be a successful leader. I mean, (laughs) guys, you continue to hear
0: it over and over and over. And multiple episodes, you know, get a coach, get somebody to inspire you, get an accountability partner. This is going to continue to come up over and over and over again. Um, Shannon, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. You have always been such, um, a beautiful influencer with strong core values in our community, Um, you know, in Orlando, outside of Orlando, and even now nationwide. So I love this. My favorite part of the episode, you don't know this, but can you leave the listeners um, with how you will continue to implement loving what you do, leading by example, and excelling at it all into what you do? oh! say it one more time. Okay, so how... Will you continue to implement, basically, love, lead, excel into everything that you do moving forward? Loving what you do, leading by example, and basically slay.
1: (laughs) Slay at the end. Um, I think that by continuously challenging, changing and evolving my business, like I like a problem and I like to fix it. So I think having my own company that I don't just have to be one thing. I can be a teacher, an educator, a sharer, a connector. I can integrate all the things I love to do into this business that I've developed is hundred percent how I'm going to continue to love my business forever. Um, leading the team. i I have to keep learning, right? The more I learn about being a good leader, the more people I can model and books I can read and share. Ooh, secret book recommendation. Who, not how, if you haven't read it yet. Ooh. Okay. Who, who not how it's a magical book about like who to find to grow your team instead of you trying to figure out how to do it yourself. Love that. So like that, somebody shared that with me. So I'm sharing that on, but that those kinds of things are going to help and getting feedback is going to, how I'm going to continue to be a good leader for my team, asking them what they need from me. And We're going to slay the hell out of the next year or two. We've got so many great ideas of things we can do in our local market and ways we can educate and work with the venue community nationally and help share resources and really just build that opportunity for people to share and collaborate rather than feel like they always have to compete. Why should we all have to start from scratch? There's great info out there for us to share. So it's going to be an exciting future coming for us.
0: I I get it and I'm going to continue to be one of your biggest fan girls. If you guys want more information about Shannon or to connect with her, you can visit weddingvenuemap.com. Thank you so much for being on the show, Shannon. Thanks for all excited. You finally made it happen. Woo! Let's go. <laughs> hey friends, thanks for listening to the Love Lead XL podcast. For more inspiration, hit subscribe wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts and follow me, Kristen, on Instagram at MeetKristen. Until next time, I empower you to continue to love what you do, lead by example, and excel at it all.